This is Jerry Conway, and you're listening to Crusader Chronicles. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles, episode 50, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 194 and ElfQuest number 4 from April 1979. And welcome to the 50th. That's right. I said 50th. Wow. Can you yeah, believe yeah, it? Yeah. Nifty 50, baby. Anybody you don't look a it? day older than 49. <laughs> well, thank you, ma'am, Jay. Appreciate that. But this is the 50th episode of Crusader Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issue, or issues, for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having fun along the way talking about the comics with my friends. And speaking about my friends, let's see who I have here with me in a random order, not presented in the script, because we don't have a script. Well, we go off a script in here and then. But anyway, it's the 50th episode, so I am going to start it off with a guy who's been with me for a long time. It's Jared Ulbrich, a.k.a. Death Pro. Oh, Pat. Nifty 50, baby. Nifty. Can't believe we've done 50 of these. I can't. This, is, this is good stuff. It is. I look around me and I think of how much things have changed. You mm-hmm. know, the studio is looking incredible. Uh, way better than back when we started. Remember, we started, I think we were in the basement. Somebody mm, else we were down there now. Yep. And uh, Anyways, this all reminds me of the time that this strange creature came to my neighborhood and it killed my mom. So mm, oh. my dad was going to go fight the creature and mm-hmm. to get revenge. And he didn't want any of the rest of us to go with him. Yeah. And then, but I convinced him that I should go with him. And then we killed that beast together, but I pretty sure it killed my dad. And now Jason doesn't have to do a synopsis. <laughs> Very good. That's pretty much it. Yep. <laughs> that sounds like kind of a, a short quest. <laughs> yeah. Also, I was an elf. Yeah. Seems familiar. I've been de-elfified. I got de-elfified in 1994. Mm. Did uh, you get anything with that when you leave the elves? uh, No. No, you don't even get to keep the wolf, man. No? Nope. Mm. I wish you could. That'd be cool. But you get taller. I mean, there's that. Yeah. And I can walk around with your shirt all off and all that. Oh, I do that. Yeah. Mm. And I can still Are you looking all cut? Yeah. I can project thoughts into people's minds, too. Mm -hmm. There we go. Here's one for you, Pat. Well, I'm glad you had left, yeah, and it's great it. to hear that quest that you went on to be here with me for the 50th episode. Can you 50, believe 50, it? 50, baby. All right. Well, also here with us is Jason Albrick, the Weasel Skull. Well, in the spirit of uh, what Jared started, let's go ahead and continue this wolf song. Oh, 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 oh,
I'm going to tell the tale of my father, Michael Albrecht, but we called him Cheap Bastard. Cheap Bastard got me another Not a thing. What did you get, brother? Death Probe, what did you get for Christmas? Sky Striker? No, I know what you got for Christmas. You bastard got you a Pac-Man arcade game. For my kids. Oh, for your kids. You know he listens, you know he listens to the show, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I know. I know. This is a message. This is a message. I love you, Dad. Merry Christmas. Hello, Mr. Albrick. I'm glad you listened. Well, that seems like a very sad story, but you know, sounds like I've heard that one before, or just a variation of it over and over again. Moral of the story is I want to play Dig Dug. Mm. <laughs> That's a good moral. Sounds like a good one. Well, let's go ahead and see what to delve in the dark web has been up to, or what he has to say. Okay, I'll tell you what I have to say. You ready for it? I'm ready for it. Saying I love you is not the words I want to hear from what am i doing it clearly says here in elf quest it says their eyes spoke more than words so <laughs> i figured i would speak more than words as uh-huh. they it's like their eyes spoke so i just figured i would help out with that i really don't have to do the synopsis at all <laughs> <laughs> by the way my new nickname for delvin mr big <laughs> Works on a couple levels. Just to be the next to be with you? Absolutely. <laughs> Names are for tombstones, baby. Also, Mr. Big. <laughs> well, you, that was a good extreme version of that song. <laughs> Delvin, I appreciate that. I thought you were actually singing it to me because of the 50th, but. Well, it, I, it, could, it could be for you, too. Okay. Take Wait, it for was, you that not, was that song not by Mr. Big? No. No. Extreme yeah, did more than words. Well, now I just feel stupid. <laughs> you got duped by your own. Hey, I got I double duped. <laughs> and I'm feeling bad because dad actually gave me an air fryer when I was over for Thanksgiving. So that was pretty cool. That is a cool gift. I've been air frying. Can you play Dig Dug on the air fryer? I can't play Dig Dug on <laughs> the, the air fryer. <laughs> But I can make some sweet fish and chips on that air fryer. Let if you eat too much food that comes from the air fryer, you'll you blow up. <laughs> Just like Mr. Big did when he sang that never mind. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did blow up at the end of the movie. He did. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking about cool bands and all that, we have a special guest with us that I want to introduce here. And it is Chris Sheehan from the Chris and Reggie Cosmic Tresmill Podcast, also Blogspot of Chris on Infinite Earths, and the excellent, I say that, excellent X-Laps podcast covering the current Hox Pox era of the X-Men. Hey, thank you so much for having me, guys. Uh, I've been doing this a long time, and I don't get invited to play with, uh, with the cool kids very often, so uh, it means a lot to be included. It really does, so thank you. It's really exciting to be here. It's uh, nice being, seeing, being able to see you guys. I, I don't usually work with uh, video. And uh, I don't usually work with partners, so this is very, very interesting, and uh, I'm, I really appreciate being included for this milestone episode. Congratulations on that, by the way. Oh, thank you, Chris. That's the nicest thing anyone has said so far. Hey, I do what I can. When you find these cool kids, could you invite us? Yes, to too. Join them as well? <laughs> I'm going to make a list, yeah. <laughs> and we're like uh, at the end, if you can't get this person or that person or that, go ahead and get these guys. If you have three hours to spare, <laughs> <laughs> contact them. 
If you got a podcast and you got three hours to spare and no one to edit it, you can call on the LBC crew. What's editing? That I'm all like, I'm the one who wants to be with you. Because that is Mr. Not, Man. You cannot go off. You cannot go off. You cannot go off. You cannot go well, Chris, it is great to have you here, and uh, thanks for being on. Uh, I really do appreciate it. I've been listening to the X-Lapsed. I'm all caught up, and I oh, have wonderful. been. It's top of my list uh, whenever it comes out, uh, which is just about every day, so I, I'm always listening to it. So yeah. I do appreciate it. Insanity that. has its benefits. Uh, there's a show every day. It's amazing that you're doing that every day, getting that out. I just really cool. Yeah, I don't edit, so it's uh, it's easy. <laughs> We can give that a turn, right, Pat? We can, we cannot edit stuff and put it out. You'd be okay with that? Yeah. I edit as I go. So <laughs> my audacity screen looks like it's got Tourette's. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> awesome. Well, great for having you here, Chris. Thank you. Jared, for this 50th episode, why don't you go ahead and tell us how fancy you are? Oh, you know, I love nothing more than to speak on my fanciness. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this episode is sponsored by Omaha Bound Entertainment. They are the biggest name in hard binding comics. And if you want to have a hard bound collection like me, you know, I, I'd say I'd probably have about 50 of them. That's very impressive. That's a big number. Yes, well, I made that up just for the 50th episode. Oh, it's probably more like 20 or 25 on the high end. Anyways, Omaha Bound does an excellent job hard binding comics, and they have plenty of other stuff to sell on their website. Check out omahabound.com. They will hook you right up. Once again, that's omahabound.com, and we are proud to have them sponsor our program. Another way you could have said that, Jared, is, Come on, baby, come on over. Let me be the one to show you. You can do 25 or a little less. <laughs> little less. <laughs> this is how shows wind up to going to one o'clock. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going back yeah. on mute. Off the rails. I just want to say, Jared, however many Omaha bound books you think you have, subtract two. <laughs> Jason stayed in my house recently, oh, so ooh. I'm betting it's the Indiana Jones. <laughs> ooh, that was a good one. I would take that too. Jason, can I borrow that once you're done? Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, with all that fanciness out of the way, let's go ahead and get started with this episode's issue. But before we do, let's take a quick podcast promo break and we will be right back. There was an idea. To bring together a group of remarkable people. To see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could make the podcasts. That they never could. like to cross over, to feel so desperately that the comic is right, yet to fail all the same. Dread it, run from it, March 2021 still arrives. 
Evacuate the network. Engage all defenses. And get this man a cold Mountain Dew. Ooh, cold Mountain Dew. I haven't tried one of those. Nah, nah, nah. Make it warm. Thank you. Fun isn't something one considers when podcasting an event. But this <laughs> does put a smile on my face. the hell are you guys the merry marvel marching society we don't know where we're going but we're on the way a podcasting crossover mega event in the spirit of jl may coming in march 2021 covering marvel's fall crossover event of vengeance. A cabal of evil threatens the Avengers and the entire Marvel Universe. Doctor Doom, the Red Skull, Kingpin, Doctor Doom, Magneto, the Wizard, Doctor Doom, the Mandarin, and Doctor Doom have banded together to pit Earth's mightiest heroes against foes they have never faced before. An array of heroes face enemies they are totally unfamiliar with. But who is secretly pulling the vengeful cabal's strings? And can the Avengers take down the true mastermind before his hidden scheme succeeds? Featuring podcasts from Third Degree Burn, Back to the Bins, Avenger Spotlight, Coffee and Comics, Comic Book Time Machine, Doom Speak, Fan Holes Podcast, Fire and Water Podcast Network, Head Speaks, Into the Weird, Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast, Longbox Crusade, Married with Comics, The Quantum Cast, Resurrections, an Adam Warlock podcast, Rolled Spine podcasts, and Views from the Longbox. Marching its way to your favorite podcatchers and hosting sites in 2021. Act of Vengeance, a true story. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get into the first featured comic for this episode, and it's Amazing Spider-Man number 194. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. The publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of July 1979, but its on-sale date was April 10th, 1979. Cover price was 40 cents. Editor was Marv Wolfman. Oh. He also was the writer. Oh. Penciler is Keith Pollard, inker Frank Giacoa, and letterer John Costanza. Colors is Ben Sean. Is it Sean or Sheen? Who cares? Sean. It's not Glennis. It's not oh. Glennis. Oh. Man. Oh. It's our 50th. Did she know that? Did she know yeah. it was our 50th and that I, she was supposed to be on the show? Yep. I'm going to call her. her. But it, I'm going to call her. You call her. See what happens. 
get around here and let's find out what's happening. You can read along with us in reprints in Spider-Man versus the Black Cat trade paperback, Essential Spider-Man Volume 9, or also on Marvel Unlimited. And we hope you do. It just makes the show more fun. Cover credits go to artist Alan Milgram. And speaking about the cover, let's get a cover description from Jared. They know they're getting it from me. That's your primer for my bit for this. Good luck solving this one, everybody. The Marvel Comics Group banner is red with black highlights for a chicha change. Spidey stands in his green corner box like he knows just where to go. And the amazing Spider-Man logo is yellow with red highlights, and it includes the webs. But I don't know where they come from. The main action shows an alert Spider-Man. His spider senses are tingling, and they sure do it good. In a spotlight on the side of a building. From the shadows, the black cat pounces from above. Don't be fooled into thinking it's nothing dangerous. An arrowed text box reads, featuring a stunning new villainess. An additional cover blurb warns, never let the black cat cross your path. Why do I do these cover descriptions? Because they know I'm doing it for free. Takers? At first I was thinking hot stepper with the chit chit chain. Word them up. But incorrect. I have no idea. Most yes, people or, don't know any of the normal lyrics from this song, but if you get it, to the uh, chorus it, of Cat Scratch Fever, uh, those are the lyrics. <laughs> Cat Scratch uh, Fever. Well, you should have said, when I first read this, I was just six years I, old. That's your bit. That's not my bit. <laughs> 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 that's what I got. Back to you, Pat. Oh, well, thank you for that. Perfect. Cover description. Oh, I should have saved that for the synopsis, but anyway, <laughs> like <Earth> come <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to some quick cover thoughts. And we will start with our guest, Chris. It's not a bad cover. Um, I can't stop looking at her left inner left thigh, though, because it looks like she's got two right legs. Like her leg is like. Well, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, it's it's. I, it looks like she's contorted in some sort of way here. And uh, maybe that is why Spider-Man is on such high alert. <laughs> he's fighting a, a bad mannequin that's what he's fighting yeah, it might just be how but can you be a cat burglar you got two left feet <laughs> delvin what's your thoughts i think it's a good one i don't know what super dynamic way that you could have shown black cat versus spidey good spotlight it shows a little bit about you know got the jail tower going on there and she's pouncing like a cat would do I think it's a simple cover, but I do think it's a good one. I wish Keith Pollard would have drawn it. Nothing against Al Milgram at all, mm-hmm. because he drew a good cover last issue, I believe. And this is good. I hope that before Keith Pollard leaves the book, that we get a book that is drawn by him and a cover that's drawn by him, too. Interesting. Jason? Yeah, some of the strengths of this cover, I think, number one is Spider-Man himself. I think that's a pretty excellent pose that they have him in. With the eyes kind of just a little bit larger, showing the danger, of course, heightened by the spider sense. I love the black, just the jet black in the background and how that never let the black cat cross your path. That white just really makes it pop. Yep. And then the spider webs as well. As I look at that, the white spider webs against the black background looks really cool. And then the spotlight kind of centering the action on Spider-Man. I think is a good uh, element as well. And it really shows out the shadow. It just kind of gives it a dark, menacing feel with the black cat. So I like this one. I think you're right on the Amazing Spider-Man logo. Seeing those webs, as much as we like it, uh, some of the other covers just kind of fades that out or where you don't see it as much. This makes it more prominent and I think it really looks cool. 
with the just the yellow and the classic yellow and red highlight on it. I like that. Jared, what's your thoughts? It makes me a little uh, nauseous to look at it. That's probably because I've got cat scratch fever. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Should never called on me. Anyways, uh, really, Jason covered it all. I think the real strength of it is its heavy use of blacks and how she's emerging from that. She blends in with the black while pouncing at the same time. Love the spotlight. Love the color. Jason really said it all. I think it's uh, it's really good. Artistically... It's easy to poo-poo this one a little bit and be like, yeah, it, it seems a little off, but you have to remember this is her first appearance. This is this is like the yeah. first crack anyone's ever taken a draw on this character. And it's not bad at all for a first appearance cover. That will reflect in my score. Do you think it may be the kind of a rakish angle? There's a bit of a rakish angle going on, yes. On that, not too bad as what we've used to seeing, but I think that does help. And like Jason said too, that whole black side. And just those white letters are mm-hmm. just making things pop. You know, I really enjoy when you have boxes of just notes or, or blurbs and things like that on the cover that make you want to read it and see what's going on. You don't see that a lot. All right. With that covered thoughts out of the way, let's go ahead and get into some cover ratings. And just as a reminder, for the 50th episode, we rate these on a scale of one to five. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. <laughs> Four, you really liked it. Mm. Three, liked it. Mm. Two, didn't like it. Mm -mm. And one, you hated it. It ruffled Mm. your tummy feathers. Mm. (laughs) Let's find out what noise we get from everybody as we ask for a scale of one, two, five. And we'll start with Chris. I give it a solid four. Uh, I would have went with a three, but you guys nudged me up with the uh, stock white on black here. It worked in the benefit of this uh, this issue. The, I don't see the two right legs anymore, so it's, uh, it's all good. <laughs> so we straightened those legs out for you? <laughs> 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 My glasses were crooked, but we're good. Uh, solid four. <laughs> solid four from Chris. Let's see. Can anybody go higher or lower? Jason. No, I'm I'm with Chris on this one. This is a four for me as well. I was flirting with the five a little bit, but Chris does bring out a good point that the body posture of Black Cat just is a little bit off, just enough to keep me from giving it a full five, but still a very enjoyable and solid cover. Maybe it's just that, you know, because she's her suit's all black that it blends in with what's going on or just it's hard. It's probably hard to do a black costume, all black costume like that. Yeah. And like Jared was saying, this is somebody's first crack at it. So you got to give them a little leeway. Mm-hmm. Delvin, one through five. I'm at a four as well. I, I like it. It's a good cover. It's a debut of a great character who I just read something about in Amazing Spider-Man comic books today. Not literally today. I didn't read it today, but I'm saying she's still in the books as of today. Unless she died in like the next issue. I digress. Great character. <laughs> debut. I like it. It's a four. You'll hear about it on social media if she did. Jared. Where are you standing? Um, nothing to do with scores, but it bugs me that with zero effort, Chris seems to do a better Christopher Walken impression than I do. Oh, well, that maybe bugs. we can have a walking off. <laughs> I wasn't but even I, trying. I know. It's, <laughs> it bothers me that I put say, all that. Say you're happiest in the saddle. Just say it. <laughs> well, me? Yeah. I'm, I'm happiest in the saddle. Wow, this is awesome. Spot on, sir. Spot on. That's the best thing I've ever heard on Say right on schedule. Uh, Right on schedule? (laughs) There you go. Oh, Jared. Boy, you're in trouble. I'm in trouble. Got to be good Uh, at something. 
Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let me uh, let me score this thing. I'm gonna go a little change of pace here, fellas, and oh. also give it a four for the. Oh, ooh. <laughs> ooh. there you have it. What are you gonna All do, right. Pat? You gonna open the door and get on the floor? <sighs> well. I think I am going to do that as well. We're going to open the door. Get on the floor. Everybody, it's a four. We hit it four. Four is all around. All right. Well, with the cover description and the rating out of the way, let's find out what the story was all about with the synopsis from Delvin. I know. I'm hoping for Ted Nugent lyrics. Let's go. I have a theory, but I didn't know if Delvin was going to go with it. But I have a theory, too. Let's compare theories when he's done. Done. Okay. <laughs> Actually, no. Let's hear the theories now. Like, uh, assuming that I, I weaved a song into it, and in this case, I did. What and song did I weave into it? Scratch Fever. So I assume, Pat, what do you think? I was thinking Janet Jackson. Just me, too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what do you guys know? No one asked you. <laughs> <laughs> guys are idiots it's you don't know <laughs> you got it you got it we got it while attending a demonstration in radiology high school student peter parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays through a miracle of science peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had in effect become a human spider a spider-man stanley presents the amazing spider-man this issue was Never Let the Black Cat Cross Your Path. The issue begins with the debut of the Black Cat on the first mission as a, well, criminal. It stands to reason that on a lot of lonely nights, she spends alone. Over the course of a few nights, she breaks into police HQ, beats up a crime boss to get a heavy named Bruno, and enlisted the help of a safecracker named Boris Corpse. You can say that the Black Cat is always carrying in with the gang, yeah? The guy who killed Uncle Ben is still there to harass the doc and wants Peter Parker to stay away. So he wants the doc to start telling Pete lies. Meanwhile, Spidey tries to find out if JJJ really knows his true identity, thinking JJJ saw him unmasked, living on the edge Pete is. Pete then goes to the globe where he is treated great because they think he is so together. Pete finally runs into the black cat and he is smitten in and Spidey style follows her for no reason and catches her trying to get guns from someone and in Spidey fashion again interferes. After showing off some great fighting skills and athleticism and maybe a hint at some bad luck powers and then planning a big kiss on Spidey, black cat escapes. Pete might be smitten and doesn't understand why cat insists on ways of living such a dangerous life. More Pete stuff as he brusquely dismisses both his friends Harry and Flash, his rival Ned Leeds, and his counterpart at the Globe, April May, all of whom think Pete is so full of promises that he never keeps. I've run long, so here's the rest of the story. Black Cat wants to use the goons and the guns to break an old dude named Walter Hardy out of prison. Spidey figures it out, but can't stop the plan and winds up under a ton of bricks for his trouble. Better watch his step, or he's gonna die. <laughs> Oh we did it! 
We did it. <laughs> 50, 50 episodes. We did it. <laughs> Don't appreciate you jumping my bits. No, actually, I do. I'm like, as, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, come on. No brainer. No brainer. Gotta that makes do. us part of the oh. Rhythm Nation. Woohoo! We did it. I was thinking you were going to do that too. But. I'm glad you did though, because like had you started the show and you did that, I would have like, you would have been doing a description. I just would have been staring at you like, oh, oh. I don't. I normally don't dip into music lyrics because that's usually Delvin's thing. But I was like, oh man, Cat Scratch Fever would be perfect. Yeah, I was thinking because if I'd done the synopsis like I did with Ghost Rider, I'm thinking we could have done like Cat Scratch Peter. Cat Scratch Peter. Da, da, that sounds da, da. painful. That <laughs> Move on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Come on, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. You all know it. Don't, speaking don't about good ideas, you. let's go ahead and get into a, a brick or brack for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? Chris? I thought it was a reread, but it was not. It was a first read. Oh, ooh, Chris is starting us off. Let's see where we go. Jared? I'm going to, if he's Roy, then I'm G Biv. Anyway, I'm working on this rainbow. It's a first read for me. Okay. Jason. Yeah, keep that Roy G. Biv going. First read for me as well. Ooh, Delvin. Do, do you want me to go or do you want to go? Does it, does it matter? Well, yeah. Well, okay. I got it's a story. A first... I got a story is what okay. I'm saying it, here. Okay. okay. It's a first read for me then. We I got a get story. To the story from yeah, I mean, it was, it was a gap in my collection. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was a gap. Yep. I got to fill the gaps. I got like, you can't have gaps in your yeah. collection. That's, yeah. If you got a so... gap, then you basically drop a bomb. Right. I get it. That's right. Exactly. So, like, I mean, as you can see, like, well, the listeners can't see, but like, I mean, here's the book. Like I was telling Jared, it cost a hefty ransom. So, yeah, uh, but I do have the book and I, I read the book. So, sorry, guys. Why? Why did you read the book? Why, why did you just read it? You don't buy a book and don't read the book. Well, you're you got to read the book for the show. That's the point. Yeah, I when did you buy it? Be the, I, I did know it was going to be the, uh, months ago. I bought it months we, ago. We've been doing a show <laughs> for years. Do you expect me to have a plan on this kind of stuff? <laughs> Man. You heard it here first, folks. Dark Web messed up our reading rainbow. On the 50th <laughs> oh, now I'm saddened. I'm All sorry, because he forgot that 194 came after 193. Yeah. <laughs> I had it before then. It was harder math. He had it at least at 192. <laughs> That's okay, Delvin. That's okay. We will forgive you. Maybe. Hey. Anyway. It'll probably come up again later. Yeah, you know what that just means, Delvin? You're doing extra duty come Crusade Miss Time. You're going to help me now with the lights. Let's not get carried there. away, people. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a capital offense, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking about capital offenses, let's go ahead and get some highs, lows, or what does. We're going to do a couple rounds, and we will see if Delvin gives us a low. Since he's read it already, I don't know. We'll go ahead and find out after we hear from Chris. You got a high, low, or what the for this? I thought it was a really fun issue. Got a couple of what does. I, I thought it was funny where Spider-Man, uh, the black cat in the butt, makes a butt reference. thought that was okay. That was interesting. Um, yeah, I could caught that too. <laughs> yeah. And also, the uh, the doctor here that the uh, the old burglar is messing with looks a lot like Jim Shooter. Don't know if it's supposed to be him or not. He has a very shooterish face. So, uh, And I noticed that he's given the, uh, what is he given here, a consultant credit? 
Yeah, he's a consultant. He's a so, consultant, uh, yep. so I wonder if they uh, if they drew the old chief in there. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't catch that. Uh, I read too much into things, so it could just be me. <laughs> but that's good. That's good to have a different eye, somebody catching something that I'm not. I'll go back and take a look at that. Jared, high, low, or what the? I'm going to start us off with a high. Remember, last issue had me down. Mm-hmm. This issue's picked me back up, and it all starts with a bala name like Dr. Boris Corpse. That. <laughs> How that guy is not a main villain, I have no I know. Idea. I'm like, I, I want to see a Dr. Boris Corpse. Stegron team. Yes. Yep, yep. I'm right there with you. Dr. Boris Corpse. That is awesome. That is a fun name. Yeah, that's like a good Halloween name. Oh, I, people are dying for a name like that. Yeah, definitely. No one on this show is going to mention James Bond on this show? Well, these, it sounds like a Bond name. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. I've never seen James Bond before. <laughs> wait, wait, what did you say, Chris? I've never seen a James Bond. No? I don't see movies. I can't sit still long enough. I see rookie agents making a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> he can't sit still long enough, yet he's here with us. This is going to be fun. Oh, you see me spinning in this chair, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, and I thought I haven't seen a Bond movie in a long time. Wow. Interesting. Definitely. Rookie Agents 2.0. We'll be yes. in touch, Chris. Yes. Delvin. You got a high, low, or what the? Let's go with a high, and let's go with uh, the black cat. Mm-hmm. Did they say her name yet? They did not, which is why it's still a mystery as to why they're right. going after Mr. Hardy. Mr. Hardy. Yeah. Right. Why, why would they be going after old man Walter Hardy? We don't know. Okay, we do. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> no, we do. But, but like, in the vein of this book, we don't. Black Cat? Interesting. I can't think of the many issues of Amazing Spider-Man that we've covered where one of the villains decided that they would distract Spider-Man with a kiss. Hadn't seen that often. Didn't, see the, ghost, yeah. didn't yeah. see the ghost of Hammerhead plant one on Spidey. <laughs> I think Will-O-The-Wisp was thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she absolutely has been presented as someone who is a foil to Spider-Man. Not as much a villain a foil, some equation that he just can't solve. And it really works because he's got woman issues. Yeah, it's got a perfect timing in this, isn't it? Things are looking up for him on that end. Yeah, they mentioned it in the book, like just a little throwaway that, you know, uh, everything's like going pretty good. And if I could just have a woman, it'd be great. And then Black Cat comes along. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Very intriguing. Excellent debut by Black Cat. I want to pitch in on this and make this a little bit longer. I want to agree with Delvin and just how they did it. Because on one hand, you can look at this, because like Delvin said, a foil. This is absolutely a Catwoman quote-unquote ripoff. But they did it so well and made her so unique, it doesn't feel cheap. On the surface, Mm -hmm. you look at it like, oh, they're totally making a Catwoman for Spider-Man. But the little nuances they gave to it just made it just right. The timing and all that, it, it was perfect. They've always done that. Yes. Even now, the dynamic between Spider-Man and Black Cat, it's similar to Batman and Catwoman, but it's not the same. Right, it, right. It's, yeah. The, and yeah, I would, would totally agree that this is a Black, uh, excuse me, a Catwoman knockoff, but like they put just that little degree twist on it that, she is a totally different character from Selena Kyle. Does it have to do anything with the April May that's in here? Nope. 
the report. Okay. They kind of threw that in there as, I'll see you later. And it had me thinking, hey, is she like, you know, reporter by day and then, you know. Pat doesn't know the black cat's secret identity. (laughs) Well, Well, I know this was Marty, but I didn't know if she, if I didn't know if she had a, you know, in the beginning, she had a different name. So. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. And the, the way they were playing it off, if that's what they were doing, having this girl, you know, stumble into Pete in, in the new newsroom area, that going to throw you off? Because she's like, I'll see you tonight. I'm like, oh. Mm. Uh, okay. I don't, no. so. I don't. Maybe. Because I was trying to think of any time that I remember April, May coming up. Uh, don't. Usually it comes call. after March. Stop. Stop say it. Don't, don't. Say you got it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank funny. you. That was a whole bit. I'm... <laughs> I've been it's waiting for that. To up, Pat. You know, I just completely dismissed it. But mm-hmm. having not seen much April May in the future of Spidey comics, I wonder if they are connected. Now you got me wondering. I don't know. I'm just yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. He could be laughing at us like two or three issues down the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys don't know the same secret identity. <laughs> <laughs> it's all learning experience here. Speaking about learning experiences, Jason, regale us with your high, low, or what the. Well, I'll continue on the high train here and uh, kind of piggyback off what Delvin was saying about the black cat. April, May. I found it. You mean? I found it. What? Sorry. April, May. April, May. <laughs> I found it, found it interesting, her putting together this team. And we talked a little bit about Dr. Corpse, but I really liked the Bruno and the boss, those two henchmen. Mm-hmm. How many times have we just seen henchmen just kind of thrown out there as cannon fodder for the heroes? I was really interested in these two guys. I liked the repartee between them. I thought the boss was kind of cool. I wanted to know more about his backstory. So I think all that kind of blended together and really made the Black Cat characters even more interesting. Definitely agree. Let's go ahead and get into round two of Hi, Those, and What Does. And we're back to Chris. Oh, everything's been covered. Um, I was going to mention the kiss scene. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the, the concept of the black cat is a foil. She didn't remove his mask all the way when she could have, cause uh, I don't think he was really in his right mind at that point. He, she probably could have done whatever she wanted to him, but she just lifted it high enough to, uh, to give him the kiss and, uh, thought that was really cool and showed that she's not, you know, full blooded villain, right? I mean, she's not just there to ruin Spider-Man. She's there. Because maybe she's got a little curiosity, and just like he's got some curiosity for the for the cat, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I like that kind of... curiosity for the cat. I planned it from the start. <laughs> like a magician revealing. <laughs> Is yeah, this she... your card? <laughs> I think that was kind of. I want to. You know, that's really. I'm going to say kind of ballsy for her to just kind of walk up to him and just know that she's got him in that trance. And that he's just stunned by her. And it's interesting to see that. Tell you what I got me too. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, and get get ready to, to mute, Pat, that like it's probably hard to chase after someone with a <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he just he just kind of stood there as like, nope, actually this is these are pleats. Uh no, it's optical illusion that you're sick. Don't act like you're not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Things can be hard for Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Is that web fluing about a web fluing in your pocket? <laughs> Just happy to see me. Is this going to dissolve in two hours? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm putting a brakes on this. All right. <laughs> LBC oh. after dark. 
Jarrett, do you have a high, low, or what the? I'm going to do something fun tonight, and I'm going to take us through a low, up to a what the, and end it with a high. Ooh, Ooh, the the of- all on the same comment. Okay, coming in low. It's the Immelman. Wolfman packing 12 panels per page in some instances. This book took me longer than the one we're going to read. Elquest was twice as many page count. So I'm like, low. I'm like, come on, man. Why are you packing all this in? And then it gets to a what the, like, seriously? You're packing all this in? Man, this is crazy. And then, but it goes to a high because I'm like, we've got a lot of story threads going on mm-hmm. that I'm interested in. You know, Peter's new job and the black cat and what's going on with the dude who killed Uncle Ben and, and stuff I probably left. Oh, uh, does Jonah know yes. who is Peter under the mask? I mean, it's just like yep. so many threads going, which keeps you interested. But it's like, man, that's a lot to keep up with. But in the end, uh, it is tantalizing. So I end it with a high. I definitely agree with that. Uh, this is another one, just like the last one, where it's character moment building again and building some stories as well, too, just to find out, well, you know, what's going on here. And, and does Jonah know? Does Jonah not know? And, and Peter's still dealing with that. What's happening? Oh, and Ned Leeds got squeezed in there, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, and so did Harry and, and Flash. There was a lot going on. But to me, I thought it read through pretty quickly, even though there was a lot going on. I kind of read through it pretty quickly. I did, too. I d- it didn't feel too long to me for maybe, whatever reason. Maybe because I was just into the story and I was like, let's go, let's go. And I was just enjoying it so much. So, Delvin, high, low, or what the? Y'all really just covered what I was going to say. It was going to be another high, and it was just going to mention the multiple storylines that happen in a 22-page book to where you're like, this is dense because Black Cat did 17. <laughs> 17? Wow. Like... Felicia Hardy, oops, Black Cat, had a, oh, oh spoilers for a shot. Oh, I'm just ruining everything. Bye, Felicia. Rainbows, ruining Bye. Sp- <laughs> Bye, Felicia. But she had an intricate plot. It started off with it and the plot developed over the book. And then somehow they weave all of Spidey's nonsense <laughs> that happens in every book. And then the plot that's going on with Aunt May that we don't know what the heck thing that she's hiding. So craziness like i thought it was a 22 page book and jared just says seven that's a ton in 17 pages it's a ton speaking about the aunt may plot who are all these men which one is she gonna choose that are all over her <laughs> well I, I i saw that one of the suitors was mr williams so i'm just saying oh. like watch, watch out fellas you know don't go after my old lady that's all watch out for the hit man, man. <laughs> Jason, hi, low, or what the? Wow, we covered most of it. I'll just end on a high. Last episode that we talked about, I wasn't liking the way Peter was being portrayed in the book. For whatever reason, it just didn't really grab me. This was a total opposite of that. I felt like Peter was facing up to his problems when Ned came up to him and started on him again about his affair with his wife. He's just like, he wasn't having any of it. He's like, I'm done complaining about stuff. I'm going out and doing stuff. He got himself another job. He's making more money. He's getting more respect from his employer. Of course, he loves Jonah. So he's going to eventually go back to Jonah. We all know that. But I like seeing Peter move forward and start taking responsibility and being accountable and um, fixing his problems. And we got a little bit of that. Of course, you know, we got more, more problems in the form of the black cat, but. They're interesting problems, and I feel like 
Peter's in a place now where he can tackle them. That's my high. I like Peter's change in attitude in this book. Here. Yeah, I, th- I, I think you're right on that. I think over the last few issues, he's been kind of down on himself, and now we're seeing the upswing on that. All right. Well, speaking about on the upswing, let's go ahead and get into the silly Spidey moment or moments. And we will start with Chris. Do you got a silly Spidey for this issue? Um, It would probably be that what the where he aims strategically for the butt. <laughs> <laughs> and made a joke about it. <laughs> and made a joke about it. So it was premeditated and it paid off. Yeah. Definitely no butts about that one. <laughs> that. Do you mind if I butt in? And I was like, what? Anyway. <laughs> he set up the pun. He delivered the pun. You know, one more thing. Like I said, he was on fire this issue. He was. He was. Jared, silly Spidey. Go with me to page three, if you will, with Boss and Bruno when the Black Cat makes her first move and she's in the truck and she knocks all the tires out at him. Mm-hmm. And what I like is Bruno taking pride in his work. <laughs> As the boss says, I don't believe it. All the tires are spilling out. Bruno says, and after I stacked them all real neat, <laughs> there's a man <laughs> who takes pride in his theft. He's not just slinging tires in the back of a truck. That's what I liked about him. They were stacking them neat. Yes. I like that, those guys. <laughs> I just thought that was a, a cute little add in and it, it made me chuckle. Yeah, he was really tired after that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right, Delvin, do you have a silly Spidey moment? I don't know if any of y'all have a copy of the actual comic book like I do, but clearly comic books, especially in the 70s, comes with ads. And, Ooh, and right? Like, like, so that's my fancy part. That's my fancy part. It's me. I'm, I'm fancy because I have the book, but it's not bound. Well, when did you read that, Delvin? Many months ago, oh. before it was mathematically possible to add up that 50 would be 194. <laughs> yeah. By the way, zero. I might not bind that one. That's a mm-hmm. issue. You have to buy a second yeah. copy to get it bound. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> not going to bind this one. All right. So a couple of the ads in the book, like, you know, role models that kids want to follow because, you know, they are icons that you want to model your kids to model after Pete Rose OJ? and OJ Simpson. <laughs> I knew OJ was giving it to it. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> you can wear shoes just like OJ Simpson. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm good. I'll take that back. <laughs> <laughs> you can run real fast and make a quick getaway in these shoes, boys and girls. <laughs> And yeah, and it was, and yeah, Pete Rose was like a T-ball. It's like, you can pay your friends. <laughs> so knock this T-ball out of the park. <laughs> yeah. Don't knock it too far, Johnny. And there's an extra 10 bucks in it. <laughs> <laughs> Wink. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that wasn't, it, it was in the book, but not in the book, but still my silly spotty nonetheless. For the record, I love Pete Rose and I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. And that's my hot take for today. I'm with you. Jason, what's your silly Spidey? I got to go with the moment where Black Cat beats him with the kiss. I just laughed. He just was gobsmacked. He had no idea what to do. (laughs) He just stood there. She's like, bye. (laughs) He's like, well, he had an idea what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Those ideas were going through his head. And I was like, this is so ridiculous. But then I thought, I probably would have the same reaction. <laughs> I, probably, I can't hate on him for it. Mm. I just thought that was funny. 
<laughs> Five or six wasn't the only thing tingling. <laughs> Ooh. I'm going to go with the two guys. The guys just kind of bickering kind of back and forth. Don't call me by my normal name. Call me by this name. And then I thought that was really funny in this issue. Austin Bruno? Yeah, I think so. I, I thought awesome. they were funny, too. The doc, yeah. yeah, the Mr. Corpse. Oh, well, when he was talking with me, <laughs> right, he was yeah. like, well, just like, the Bruno. Doc, the, yeah, the, any, any guy he was talking to, Bruno, I think was just, <laughs> the conversations were kind of hilarious for me. Yes, Dr. Corpse definitely wanted to be called. Yes, Dr. Dr. Corpse. Corpse. <laughs> All right, well, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and get to our ratings for this issue. Again, it's a one through five. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Chris. Do we give half scores here? Oh. I'm glad you asked. I'm, I'm new. I'm new. I know there's like a November guy. Is he here? Yeah, that's you. <laughs> yeah, only Joe November's allowed to give halves. He's on the Oh, show. man. All right. Um, I'm Chris December. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with a four. Like you guys pointed out in the second go around here, there was just so much story. And it didn't feel like a burden to read because, you know, my, my bread and butter is with the X-Men. And uh, sometimes when you go back to those Claremont issues where they're full of words, you can feel every single one of them words. Yes, it's sir. just like, oh, man. You, you turn it and, like, poor John Byrne or whoever had to, like, fit the tiniest little characters in there to fit these word balloons. So those could be a chore. But this didn't feel like a chore. And to find out that this was only 17 pages, I mean – more story in 17 pages than we get in a 12-part story nowadays. And True. what was this when it came out? 40 cents? Mm-hmm. You, you, can't, you can't lose. So uh, a four, a solid four. If I could do a four and a half, I'd do a four and a half. But four and uh, really, really dug it. High four. High four for you. Jared. Oh, man. I, I think I'm feeling what Chris – well, I know I'm feeling what Chris is feeling. He, mm-hmm. he hit the nail on the head. He described it beautifully. So I'll just say, yeah, if Joe November was here, 4.5. But I'm going to give it the bump. I'm going to give it the black cat bump. Uh, because when I read this, I did not realize we'd be reading our first appearance. I thought that had already happened. So oh, I was yeah. like, oh, wow, landmark issue. So I will give it that extra 0.5 bump, and I'm going to give it a five. What a great issue. Very amazing. Delvin. I'm wondering, am I going to be influenced by Jared here? I'm I'm, I'm happy <laughs> that he gave it a five. Everybody surprising at 4.5 and then making that decision from there. Because we're not Joe. We gotta make the decision. We we do have to make a decision. It was it was a damn fine read. It really was. And so, sure, why not? Let's give it a five. Because it was it was excellent. And there was so much story, and I don't think we're gonna have to wait long for the payoff for any of this. Two hundreds coming up, and I think Wolfman has something big planned. I can't fully remember the details of it, so I'm looking forward to it as much as anything. And to see all of this stuff that he has ready and built up for it, excellent issue. I'll give it a five. Nice. Jason? I really thought I was going to be the uh, big baller coming out here and dropping my five on the table, but uh, I'm late to the party. However, I'm going to give it a five as well. I could find nothing wrong with this book. I loved every element of the story. I'm intrigued as to what the burglar is looking for from May. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to what Spider-Man's going to do when they finally come head to head. I thought the origin of Black Cat was really cool. It's a character I know of and have enjoyed. And I thought she came out gangbusters in this issue. I still want to know what if Jonah knows 
who Spider-Man really is? And if so, what's his plan? There's just so much going on in here that I really enjoyed it. This is our first recording in 2021, fellas. I'm throwing a five on the table. Ooh. Well, I am going to join you guys with the five as well, too. Uh, Just like Jason said, there was so much going on here. Good story building that's happening that I was just turning the page and turning the page and turning the page. And I was reading it late at night. So either it would keep me up reading it or I'll fall asleep reading it on the couch. And I stayed awake reading this book. So that's definitely a good sign for me. I'm giving it a five. All right. Well, that score's out of the way. That's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or the Facebook page. We will be right back. Spider-Man and the Cupcake Caper. Peter Parker is in Mary Jane Watson's apartment when suddenly he sees a familiar enemy. MJ, you'll have to excuse me for a minute. Uh-uh. You have this thing, Tiger, and I hate it. Every time there's trouble, you disappear. Relax, MJ. All I want to do is get some milk we have with these hostess cupcakes. Sure, Peter. Anything to avoid reality. But at least this time, you left me with a really delicious snack. Devil's food cake. Chocolate. King creamy filling. I hate having Mary Jane think I'm a coward, but there's no other way I can slip into my Spider-Man role. And only Spidey can handle Man Mountain Marco. Don't look now, Marco, but the mountain just became a molehill. Webhead, we don't understand you, but we sure appreciate the help. Thanks, guys. Meanwhile, I've got a quart of grade A to deliver. Sorry it took me so long, MJ, but I um, got a little bit uh, distracted. Yeah. Well, no sweat, Peter. The hostess cupcakes you left me with were a lot more rewarding to me than you ever been. Brother, if she only knew. You get a big delight in every bite of hostess cupcakes. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, which is determined by our Crusader Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll only available on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming for this show. If you want to get in on the voting and all the other amazing benefits for being a Crusader Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. You can join in for as little as a dollar a month and help determine what each episode's second feature will be. For this episode, the Crusader Club members selected ElfQuest number four. Credits for this issue come from Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher was Warp Graphics. Cover date is 1979, but its on-sale date was April 13th, 1979. Cover price was a dollar. Editor and plotter was... Richard Peeney. Writer, artist, and letterer is Wendy Peeney. This is reprinted in ElfQuest number 5 from 1985, ElfQuest number 6 from 1986, and I believe that's the Marvel run, ElfQuest Archives Volume number 1, and also ElfQuest The Grand Quest Volume 1. And I also have it here in my hands in the Omnibus, the complete ElfQuest. I don't know, I'm showing it to you guys, but you know. 
That's almost fancy. It is. It is really fancy. And for those of you that want to also read it along with us as well, they have actually made this available free on the internet. If you just go to elfquest.com and you can look up the reader and you can read all the elf quests you want for free. It's really cool of them to do that. Cover credits go to Wendy Peeney as well. And speaking about the cover, let's go ahead and get a cover description from Jared. I think you'll find this one a little easier. Here we go. The Warp Graphics logo straddles the line with its yellow banner and black letters, and the ElfQuest logo is white with blue highlights. The main action shows the main band of elves, who probably smell like they sound, high on a plateau. They are on the moonlight side, but still in touch with the ground in some sort of howling ceremony. In fact, they probably howl and they whine. From below, a beautiful female elf watches intently as she's almost too close to hide behind some rocks. And a cover blur reads, Wolf Song. Who's got it? I got it. Delvin, you got it? Jason? I don't got it. No, sir. You guys don't know what to do. do, 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 Chris? do, 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 do Are you do. hungry? Yes, thank oh, you. Oh, <laughs> smell like a sound. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm blessing on the sound. I thought I thought I'd bring in everybody on that one. I was like, this one's easier, but uh, that's all right. We got the break from the crowd. That's you got edited that, yeah. so you keep on singing all you want. <laughs> that's just a good song. You know? It's a great song. <laughs> you follow that up with View to a Kill, man. That's man. a killer back-to-back jam. All right, well, with that cover description out of the way, let's get to some quick cover thoughts, and we'll start with Chris. Oh, it's a wonderful, wonderful cover. I do have a certain weakness for the epic Marvel reprints of this one, though, because uh, issue six of that run was my first very spendy comic. I thought Mm -hmm. I was the coolest person in the planet, or at least in my room. I paid $5 for this thing back in, like, 1991. Fancy! Oh, you ain't kidding. My mother thought I was, like, insane for spending $5 on a comic book. If only she knew what the cover prices were these days, she'd <laughs> have a stroke. But uh, I remember just, we were at a flea market, and, you know, six was the earliest issue they had there, and they had, had a $5 price tag on I begged and pleaded and used whatever lunch money I was able to kick in, and I was able to get my, my first big buy comic. And uh, it was my introduction to... Like the industry, uh, you know, a piece of the industry going through, you know, diving into bins and uh, mm-hmm. and spending a lot more than you were expecting to spend. So uh, I have a particular weakness for the Marvel version, but this cover is no slouch either. Very good. That's awesome. Jason. Yeah, I really like this cover as well. I think the colors are just beautiful. I love that full moon mm-hmm. uh, that's in the background with the cutter and the tribe up there on the rock all howling at the moon. It's just beautiful. It sums up the heart of the story rather well. And uh, I can't remember the name of the one. Was it Leah? The I bet Lita. Lita. Lita in the foreground just looks gorgeous. Yeah, this is a wonderful cover. Delvin. I'm probably not as huge on it as the other gents are. I don't think it's bad, though. Not at all. I saw it. It definitely made me want to know kind of what was going on in the book, which, of course, is always an attraction. 
And I'm kind of jealous that this was really Chris's foray into comic books because like my 90s were more like Dark Hawk and Thunderstrike and it didn't last as long as <laughs> ElfQuest has. They haven't put they haven't put Thunderstrike for free on the internet yet. And if they did, I don't know if anyone would read it. That said, I still love my Thunderstrike and, and, and Dark Hawk. Dark Hawk. Yeah, okay. Jason Hawk. I got you. Yeah. Yes. I, like, like a hawk. H A W. What about this Dark Hawk? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's why I am on the cover. All right. Well, let's quickly segue to Jared. <laughs> I need a moment to compose myself. Oh, he said dark. As soon as he mentioned it, I was like, hawk. here we go. <laughs> dark Hawk. Well, because of Delvin, I've been collecting when I. F- find it in 50 cent bins i'm getting close to a uh, omaha bound uh run there uh you're gonna you know bind your bind my dark hawk yes. oh yes <laughs> um anyway and speaking of which there's been an influence here if you guys travel back in time with us to crusade miss 2017 2018 pat brought an issue of ElfQuest, the first issue of ElfQuest uh mm-hmm. to be featured on the network and this would be the second time i think we've ever talked to ElfQuest. correct so bringing that all back to the cover when I look at it, it reminds me of what we talked about in that Crusade in this episode. What was this? 1979. So I was only three, you know, but if I had been, you know, 12 or so, I would have looked at that and said, that's a girl comic. Look at those pastels. That comic is for girls. And that's what I would have said. And that's what I did say about those old comics in the 80s. And that's what I believed all the way up until Crusade Miss when you brought one and I read it and I was like, this is really good storytelling. And so I'm really happy to look at this with fresh eyes and and not not so 80s machismo comic, if you will. <laughs> the macho comic reader, if such a thing exists. <laughs> and uh, and I, I think it's really, really wonderful. When I look at it, I wonder, is that, did she use watercolor? Or is that perhaps yeah. colored pencil work? I can't tell uh, off the image that I'm looking at, because it's it's rather small here on, on my screen. But it's really wonderful. It's really good artistic work. And yeah, it just makes me feel silly. When I look at it about how younger Jared was like, this is a girl comic when it has so much more to offer. Mm-hmm. Great looking cover. I totally agree. And I was kind of wondering that too, what kind of art style was being used? Was it painted? Was it pastels or, or, or some pencils? I don't know. It's really. My instinct says colored pencils are involved here, but okay. again, it's a pretty small image on my screen. So I don't know. <laughs> and you have to keep in mind that, uh, you know, they were a small, you know, doing it out of their right house, time. I yeah. think. They were yep. taking subscriptions right out of their home, if I remember correctly. Yep. And uh, the cover's being colored, but the inside being black and white was really, you know. Yeah, and it, this is also a great comparison, too, between, you know, mainstream big company comics versus indie, because we can look at the price difference. Correct. These are on the shelf at the same time. 40 cents for a Marvel book, a buck. You know, indie books are always a little more because they don't have the volume pricing behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's probably funny to think that at this time in 1979, there's probably parents going a dollar. No, you can't have no elves for a dollar. Are you crazy? That's a girl's I book. Would, <laughs> I would, I would kill for a dollar if comic <laughs> books went back to a dollar. Go back to the newsprint. I don't care. It doesn't have to be on a dollar. <gasps> yeah, the only people yeah. doing that now are what Alterna does them for a dollar fifty mm. on newsprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a really striking cover for this. I will agree. And it's just, just when I see these characters again, it just brings me back to my childhood, riding my bike to the mall, about three mile drive out to the mall, having to go into the Walden book sets there. And that's where I found, I'm going to show you guys. And I, 
I found this one. This was my first Elf Quest I got. Was book number two, and and when I saw that at the Walden Books, and you just open it up and you just see how the gorgeous art and the coloring and oh, would you buy that for your sister? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I time traveled there for a second. (laughs) That was five dollars and six wedgies. Now that's cool though, Pat. Yeah. So I, I you, you can know, still smell the Walden books, can't you? Mm-hmm, yeah, I, I smell in it right now. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Smells like pipes. No, they didn't sell pipes there, but there was another store in town that they had oh, right through. It was a pipe store too, and they had the Elf Quest out on the higher shelf. Don't don't the- incriminate yourself, Pat. <laughs> that's where it all started, guys. Anyway, let's go ahead uh, and get into some ratings for this cover. It's a one through five for this is. Five, you loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. And two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. Let's start with Chris. Uh, five. Total five. All day, every day. Um, Not only is it a great cover, but it actually tells you what happens inside the book. And we true. don't see that very often nowadays either. So it tells you everything you need to know. So really, really dug it. Give it a five. Delvin. See, I'm lowering. I'm at a three. I thought it was good. And I don't want to say anything else to take away from Chris's shine because he has so much joy in the book. <laughs> I feel bad rating it a three. No, that's okay. Jason. I'm going to split the difference and go four. I think that there's nothing artistically wrong with this. I, I'm just using it. Would I frame it and put it on my wall? I'm not sure I would go that far. So I'm going to give it a solid four on this one. Jared. I'm going to join my brother there on Four Island. And uh, yeah, same reasons. It's a great cover. I get why Chris bumped it to the five. It has a lot of meaning to him. It's a good looking cover. I am going to go with Chris with two cool guys coming in at number five with this one. It's a great cover. It brings back that nostalgia feel for me, as I mentioned before. So I'm getting the bump up from the four to the five. So two cool guys. Since you brought like two ElfQuest books and been (laughs) showing them off. I don't think any of us are surprised that you're going to give this one a five. <laughs> I think the, yeah, I yeah, think I think gave it all the way. Too, by the way, <laughs> we can feel the enthusiasm. <laughs> we respect that. I, w- I was really happy when the Crusader Club picked this one. I was like, oh, cool, we can do this. You know, as much as I want to read some X Men too, which I do, I'm glad they chose Elf Quest. And then when I thought about, I'm not about, sure you do, Pat. Yeah. I'm not sure you do. <laughs> And this was the reason why I was really glad to get Chris on the show as well, too. I know his love for this one from listening to his show. So with that, let's go ahead and get into the story synopsis brought to you by Jason. one is called Wolf Song. In this exciting tale, a cute fuzzy alien travels to Earth. He is adopted by a loving family where he develops a taste for grape soda and cats. I don't like him trying to eat cats, but other than that, oh, hold on a minute. That's ElfQuest. <laughs> um, <laughs> I read the wrong book. Hold on a minute. Up for Jason's ElfQuest joke. <laughs> Which completely relies on you understanding the plot points about <laughs> Which apparently we all did. <laughs> I knew Jared would get it. Oh, I thought that was Mork Quest. <laughs> oh, man. I must be getting that man, wrong. Quest. When Jason was writing that joke, he was like, Ha! I'm going to kill. Watch out, Williams. There's a new comedian in town. 
Okay, I didn't really understand the opening of the book, but apparently our elven hero Cutter is trying to woo the heart of Lita, an elf from another clan. Apparently successful in his quest, Cutter wins the right to court Lita, but learns that his feelings might not be reciprocated. The story continues with Cutter and his group performing a wolf song at their campsite. During this tradition, they remember their former clan leaders, and Cutter tells a story of his father and predecessor, Bearclaw. We learn that Bearclaw was fierce and brave with a temper that was balanced by his wife, the soothing Joyleaf. In a tragic tale, Bearclaw, Cutter, Joyleaf, and their clan are ambushed by a hideous creature called Mad Coil. When Joyleaf is killed, a mad with grief, Bearclaw orders the rest of his troop to return to the village to hunt the beast with Cutter alone. Successful in wounding Mad Coil, the monster has the last laugh and kills the elven chief. Alone with a cornered, wounded Mad Coil, Cutter summons the rest of the village and they work together to kill the beast. The moral of the story, other than that bear claws are delicious, is that the group is stronger together than they are alone. And that lesson is also learned by Lita, who has snuck up to the camp to listen to the story and learns that there might be more to Cutter than meets the eye. Thank you, Jason, for that sweet telling. Did I get your bear claw reference? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get a laugh with the bear claw. I was a little worried there. I was on mute. <laughs> yeah, we're not. Bear claws are delicious. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Let's go ahead and find out what is a first read or a reread. And I already know how this is going to go, but let's <laughs> go ahead and find out. It's going to be a two and three, a two and three. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's it's kind of fun. Let's find out. First read or a reread. Chris. Reread. Read many, many times. Delvin. It's a first read for me. Jason. First read. Jared. First read. And it is a reread for me. So I'm the spoiler and Chris is a spoiler for this one, but that's okay. Well, so, it's, 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 a, it's okay now. Wait, hold, hold, hold on, wait, hold, hold on. It's okay now. It wasn't okay before. You know, I got like quizzed on math questions and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Just remember, Delvin, as the old saying goes, if you are a reread on ElfQuest, you hang up Christmas lights alone. Oh. Ah, very true. I don't think I I'll like back the way that you. sounds. I'll help you with the Christmas lights. Oh, okay. Well, 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 back in 1990, I couldn't do the math to know when I'd be on this episode. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, guys, guys, we've got Laurel Mountainflower to help us out with these math-related things. <laughs> just ask her and everything will be fine. She is not our statistician. Are you Thank sure? You. Yes. She's I've listened to action film based off a lot of times. It's <laughs> no, not going to happen. I think we are definitely going to need an HR representative. Finally, as the LBC grows, we're definitely going to need somebody. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to some high lows or what does for this issue. And we'll start with Chris. ElfQuest was the first comic that I read with an eye toward actually reading through an entire story and collecting it. I came into it very circular. I've talked about it a lot of times on my channel. I, I won't bore everybody with it here, but I discovered it in a weird way. And uh, when I started reading it, I didn't know anything about origin stories. I didn't know anything about first appearances. This was the origin story I never knew I needed. I didn't know that I needed to know what Bearclaw did. I didn't know that I needed to know how Cutter became chief. I just took for granted that he was. So getting this story here, and this came... Because I have the old complete ElfQuest, the 1988 10th anniversary dealies they did. This is kind of in the middle of that first volume, um, maybe in the, the second, third or so. And didn't know I needed any kind of origin. So when I got it and it filled in so much backstory I didn't know I needed, it made the story feel all that much more rich. And uh, 
it's just such a great story. It's very simple. It's very um, like uh, like Jason had said. It's it, there's a moral to the strength in numbers and being better together. Even the netting they put together is symbolic of them being together. It's just such a wonderful story. The ending is another high with uh, with Lita getting a little bit too close and tree stump seeing her and being like, okay, okay, we got her. You know, she she, she sees what's going on. And maybe, you know, his young chieftain will will actually have his recognition returned. And uh, we'll soon find out that it is. Very cool. I do like how this series is kind of just building on each other uh, and building and building. And you you really have to read this as a bigger story. But even in the littler stories, it makes you hungry for the rest of it. Like you said, Chris, figuring out what's happening. Hungry. Hungry like what? Like a what? Jared, high, low, or what the? I'm going to give it a low for being a girl book. I'm oh. just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is it the long hair? Because all the elves had the long hair. Did we talk about that the last time? Ponytails and... In the breeze. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm going to do the exact same thing from a slightly different angle as I did on Spider-Man. I'm going to start it with a low, but it's going to end up as high. As I started reading it, I was like, okay, I've read some of these because I found them in 50 Cent Bins and whatnot because Pat's influence from Crusademus. So I've read some. Mm-hmm. So I had a little idea what was going on. And then he's like, and let me tell you the tale of my father. And I was like, flashback. <laughs> so there it starts with the low. I was like, flashback. You know how we feel about those here. Yeah. And then it was like, a what the, like, like, are they going to use this whole book for this flashback? It looks like they are. What the? And then I was like, got involved in the story. And then I realized it was the tale of how Cutter became chief. And I was like, that was pretty good. So it ended on a high. So I, I, I went through that whole swing again, like yeah. I did on Spider-Man. But ultimately, it's a high because it was cool to see how Cutter became chief in his tragic past. Mm, yes, totally agree with that. Like, think- uh, from what, everything I've read up to now, he was just sort of very, you know, kind of cavalier. Like he had the responsibility of leadership, but still a youthful leadership that's kind of, you know, and this really grounded him like, oh, my goodness, he that he had a tragic past there. And, mm-hmm. and, and so I think a lot of the way he acts in a cavalier way is, is to hide from that pain. Mm-hmm. If I can get deep on some elf quests. Cool. It is. That is very deep. Speaking about deep, let's get into Delvin, the dark web. Let's get deep into the dark web. Glad you cleaned that up because I was, <laughs> was going to have some questions. <laughs> Mind if I butt in? <laughs> we should move on pretty sure. Mad Coil. Like when I first yes. saw the first drawing of the wolf big, it was, it was a wolf, right? Mad Coil? Was that a wolf? Yeah. It's like it a like, serpent mixed with a cougar or something yeah, like that. Like that. Some yeah. sort of a, yeah. Terrifying <laughs> is <laughs> what the, the thing was. And when I first saw I saw that picture of him, the image after they built it up that this evil entity was stalking the elves. And then the reveal of it was like, ooh, <laughs> scary, like legitimately scary. And then not only scary, but cunning and crafty. The very first person that I don't know if Matt Coyle is a he or it or whatever. First person that was the first to go was the healer. And I was like, oh, strategic. So this is that was very much on purpose. And so it just set up for the rest of the story, which was a very, very good read. I like that part. They're like, yeah, we go. We got the healer with us. Nope. (laughs) We ain't got the healer no more. (laughs) Definitely, I think they really built up that story of the villain for this issue uh, was really good. Jason? I'm going to go with a high for Joyleaf. 
I thought Joyleaf was a really interesting character. Bearclaw, the main focus of the story was on him. But I think one of the lessons of the story is, is that the spouse that he chose complimented him and made him a better leader. And with Joyleaf alive, he's more willing to rely on the power of his clan. I don't know if that's the right term, but you get, you get what I mean. It works. His pack. Yeah, his pack or whatever they call themselves, of his people. Mm -hmm. And then when she's taken from him, you know, all that's left is his toughness, his ruthlessness, and it's not enough. It's not enough to take on that creature. And ultimately, it's Cutter that realizes that they have to bring everybody together. But Joyleaf was that bond that made Bearclaw an effective leader. It took a very rough, strong person and smoothed out those edges and made him a leader. And that was very apparent. And I think that's one of the morals of the stories. They're setting up perhaps this future relationship with Lita that I, I think was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say you caught on to that pretty well with Lita as being his Cutter's you know, she completes him. Right. Yeah. You're not at, you're not looking for the person that's most like you or that you would even necessarily naturally gravitate towards the person that brings out the best in you. Mm -hmm. And that's what Bearclaw had with Joyleaf. That's what I have with Pat. No, I was going to say the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) You really do complete me. (laughs) It's me and Gary here. (laughs) All right. Well, let's go ahead and get him to round two. And Chris, hi, low or what the? Uh, so many of the highs were already covered. Um, I really don't have anything bad to say about this issue, and uh, no what the either. So uh, I will well, pass. Give it another high if you want. Uh, if you got another high, um, I mean, Jason hit it on the head there with uh, the Joy Leaf deal there. Being able to temper Bearclaw into a better leader, and basically exactly what Lita will do for Cutter going forward makes him a better person, uh, a, a complete person. Just uh, strong where he's weak. He's he's strong where she's weak. Just a perfect marriage in you know in every way, I guess. Very good, Jared. Hi, Lou or what the? I kind of touched on this briefly, but I did want to point out again that this was, I believe, a thirty-two page correct story, and it was a breezy read. So kudos to Wendy and Richard for putting together a long tale, but easy to read and fun to read. And question. For everybody but Chris, because I know he did. If you did, anybody here read the letters page? I did not. I, I did. scanned a little bit of it. There's a famous name in the letters. Ah, uh, yes, I saw that name. Ah, yes, uh, Chris. Do you know who it was? Or oh, you got it in trade, so you probably didn't have the letters. Page. I, I, I have the I have the Marvel ones. I might have a reprint of the fourth issue because they did the reprints in the mid '80s. I don't know that I have the original. If, ah. if I do, it's in a box somewhere. It's a very complimentary letter from Bill Mantlo, mm-hmm. uh, who is famous for writing uh, Rom and I-, I love him on Sectars. And, you know, he's just a really talented, uh, I guess, sci-fi, fantasy kind of guy. Anyway, classic writer Bill Mantlo wrote a complimentary letter to them. And I thought that was cool. I saw that, too, in a name. I know that name. And I was hoping someone would bring that up. on. I, I know there he's famous for more than Rom and Sectars, but those are the sure. two books that he, he was on that I read a lot. So someone out there is probably screaming at their device. Bill Mantlo did this. I, I bet he did. Right. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time that we had a gap in comic book knowledge. That's what we expect <laughs> the listeners to fill it in for. Yeah. Us. Let Tim us Price, know. let us know. What else did Mantlo do? GLHG. Yep. <laughs> Delvin, high, low, or what the? 
it's a high, but not necessarily about the story. It's about ElfQuest and that this is the second anything of ElfQuest that I read. And when I started reading the book, I didn't quite know what was going on, just like Jason said, but I remember Cutter. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember him. He was the leader. I've read one other ElfQuest book, and I remembered that. So that says a ton. When did we do ElfQuest for Crusade Miss? Was that 2017? 2017, yeah. That's been three plus years ago at this point, and it's still stuck in my memory. And it's not likely to go away anytime soon. You probably because, heard, you probably forgot most of it because that was also the year I brought Red Star, and that just dominated. Oh, that just that's dominated. true. That is true. Red Star was shining. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, ElfQuest, <laughs> very memorable. And this book definitely helped its case, too. I agree. And I'm going to just mention the artwork in this. It was just really nice to look at. Uh, always is when going through this book. And then when they put the color to it, just the time and the detail that they take to do all that, it's just amazing and and beautiful to look at. All right. With our talk about out of the way, let's go ahead and get into the- Well, my second high pack was going to be- Oh, sorry, Jason. (laughs) I did forget you. You did forget me. All right. little time-saving device you got there, Pat. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I was going to try to make it. Oh, now it's going to be extra long. Let me (laughs) me tell you a tale about a sky striker. (laughs) No, in all seriousness, it kind of started as a low with me because I didn't understand what was going on on the bridge. I kind of started to figure out, I think, that that was some sort of ritual that they had to go through for Cutter to wed Lita. It looked like there there might have been some other guy from Lita's tribe that ain't too cool with that and was trying to stop it. And then Lita is kind of like, Mm-mm, you got the right to woo me, not to, not to marry me. I make my own decision on who I marry. And that and kind of was like, I'm Rick James. <laughs> 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 he was not happy, not happy with that uh, turn of it. Come here, you come here and make love to cut her. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was trying to keep this clean, but don't. And that's why I skipped him. <laughs> but when it moved into that, into the second act there, into the actual wolf song, I really appreciated that because that allowed kind of a jumping off point for me as a relatively new reader to understand who each of these characters were, gave me a little bit of lineage, and really kind of helped me appreciate. This is almost like a Tolkien-esque type of tale. Mm-hmm. Um like Jared was saying, this was 32 pages and it flew by for me. So that speaks volumes about how well I was engrossed in it. So it kind of started off with a little bit of a low for me. Like, oh, I don't really know what's going on. Is it going to be like this the whole way? But it drug me in and really entertained me throughout. So well done, book. Very good. All right. Well, let's go ahead and find out who was the elf on the shelf for this issue. It's the best I could do in a short notice. So I'm sorry if that doesn't <laughs> work like for it. anybody. That means you were the top elf out on a secret mission. Who is your elf on the shelf, Chris? Overall, Skywise is my guy, but for this issue, it's got to be Cutter. Okay. I do like Skywise, too. He's a pretty cool guy. He's really, really cool, yeah. Jared, who's your elf on the shelf? You know, I think I'll be an original go with Cutter. You know, this was this was the tale of how he became him, and he did good, so I like Cutter. And then eventually, he's going to join G.I. Joe and pilot the whale. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can't see uh, over the little 
window. <laughs> but he's going to trade his fur vest in for an orange flatable orange vest. Yes. These GI Joe jokes do anything for you there, Delvin? <laughs> yeah, he's shaking his head. All right, uh, we're entertaining ourselves. Though. Delvin, who's your alpha on the shelf? You know what? Sometimes you have to entertain yourself because no one else is going to do it. So I, I can't be too mad at y'all for that, right? I'm going to go with Matt Coyle because that is the character that I remember the most from the book because cunning, terrifying, and was the backdrop to defining uh, two very important characters, Cutter and uh, Cutter's dad. So I'll go with Matt Coyle. Jason. I want to say Bear Claw so much because I was really entertained by his story and his character. But at the end of the day, the story is about Cutter. And it was really Bear Claw's shortcomings and Cutter learning from those shortcomings that made Cutter grow into a better leader. So I'm going to go with Cutter as well. Jason, I do agree with you. You kind of took the words out of my mouth. I was going to go Bear Claw just because, you know, he's that guy you want to, he stood up his ground. And then when his voice said, hey, I'm going to come with you. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not backing down. He's like, he got that next panel. You see him with that little twinkle and smile in his eyes. Like, that's my boy. That kind of caught me. It got me in my heart there on that one. So, but I do agree that this is definitely Cutter's story for this issue. All right. Well, with the elf on the shelf out of the way, let's go ahead and get into our ratings for this issue. It's a one through five. Five is you loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. We will go with Chris, and I think I know what it's going to be. Is there, is there anything lower than a one? I mean, no, a five. Five, <laughs> all the way. Uh, I loved the issue. Um, like I said, it was the origin story I never knew I needed. It was the origin story that told me what origin stories were. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Jared, are you going to be with Chris on five? Well, you know, I'm not as high on fantasy books and ElfQuest, mm-hmm. but you factor that in, and you realize I'm going to give this story a four, that's high praise indeed from me. So. Much like Sean Connery used to say on the show, it's a fall. But in this case, it's good. Delvin. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to give it a three, Jared. I'm not. If anything, I'm, I'm flirting with, with a five because Ooh. it was a it was a great tale. And it was a great self-contained story that I was able to pick it up with no knowledge. It was got in the middle of the action, but was able to understand what's going on. I'll land at a four. And I also want to say that it's okay sometimes to bring a book of extra length to a podcast because it can have depth and and richness and quality in it. And I think that's a message that we all could learn from. If you guys would have saw me today, I deleted out of my text. I was going to tell, just to warn you guys that this is a longer I beat you what? to it. I told Delvin that at the phone yesterday. Oh. <laughs> he, did, he did. And I'm like, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Somebody's getting crap for this. Day has come. All right. Well, I deserve it. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. No, well, you don't deserve it. I mean, the Crusaders uh, Club picked it. and it it's was in my a, collection, though. It was a great choice. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think that means a lot coming from you and Jared, that you're really interested in ElfQuest and, you know, two issues that you read, not in a straight row and in a bigger time lapse that you do remember it and you're interested in reading more about it. So oh, I've, I've, nothing. Read, I've read plenty of more sure. issues. Yeah. I've, I all, all the ones I got out of the 50 cent bin, which has probably been a dozen or so. I've read them. I haven't, but I would. And because the two that I've read have been very good. Zero doubt about it. Very good. Awesome. 
Jason. I'm going to go with the four with this one as well. This is a great origin story. Not only is it a great origin story, it's told in a very unique way, which also gives us a little more insight into the group's traditions. And we learn at least the names of the other chieftains that came before. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I thought that was really interesting as well. There's a good tale of adventure as a tale of sorrow. It's a tale of learning. So there was a whole bunch that I liked in there. The only thing really keeping it from a five to me is I didn't fully understand what was going on coming out of the gate. You know, with the starter's pistol, I was a little confused. I have a strong feeling uh, because like you, Pat, I went out and I bought the ElfQuest Omnibus. So I think once I read that, I might want to revisit the score and give it a five. I wouldn't be surprised if I did. But for right now, for what I know, I'm going to give it a four. That's fair. (laughs) Definitely fair. I'm I'm glad you actually went out and picked that up. So very cool. Oh, as an amusing side note, um, DC did a whole bunch of these in almost digest size. You mentioned it earlier in in where it was reprinted. Mm -hmm. And I had a whole slew of those. I had like five or six of those. And the only one I didn't have from that run was the one I needed for this episode. <laughs> it's their volume one. And I had it from two, like two, three, four, oh, five, okay. six. That's cool that they made a kind of little digest size. Episode. Yeah, they're, they're a little bigger than digest, but smaller than comic. And um, when my friend Britt moved away, she was a big ElfQuest fan. She uh, bequeathed them to me. Oh. And uh, so, yeah, I've got more ElfQuest to read. Awesome. Well, I am going to agree with Chris. Of course, because because I, I like ElfQuest. I loved it. I thought it was a very good issue. I've read, you know, more before. So um, knowing the bigger backstory that's happening and, and that. So that definitely helped me along here. So I giving it a five. And with that out of the way, that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. The time is out of joint. The time is out of joint. The time is out of joint. The year is 1994, or 1944, or maybe 2994. Time is under threat, and history is falling apart. Who will survive this crisis, and how will history be changed for those that do? Zero Hour Strikes takes you back to that DC Comics crossover and covers the entire story, issue by issue, tie-in by tie-in, as the DC Universe goes down to zero. Join Bass and Siskoid at fireandwaterpodcast.com or on iTunes, Zero Hour Strikes, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Remember, Legion. Welcome back from the break. Now, let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, theyardsaleartist.com, early access to special long box episodes, voting to help determine show content a quarterly newsletter, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Anthony at TFU.info. Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Out of Gerald Green. Greg Van Leuven. 
Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Jim, don't squeeze the Jarman. Joe Thomas, you may know him as Joe November. John Watson. John and Maggie. Jose Pollo. Joshua Strickland. Stracker. Lackers. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. Mysterious Mark Hathaway. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And uh, one-time donor Brad Morin. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around but still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with just our ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show and we will share your review on the next show. So we asked the readers or listeners to give some comments or share some fond memories or catchphrases from over the past few years since we are at a milestone podcast here. And we got a couple. And thank you for that. And I will read one that says, congratulations on your 50th episode of These Shenanigans. It's notable that a show as chaotically entertaining as this has managed to reach this milestone. I appreciate the good nature of the show and the focus on positivity. Good luck with the next 50, and hopefully we can hang out again in the future when you all come to Australia for the Crookwell Potato Festival. <laughs> that sounds like fun. It does. It does sound like fun. I'm hungry. I absolutely would go to that. And that was from Paul Hicks. And thank you. That was wonderful, and we appreciate those comments. I find a potato festival appealing. Oh. <laughs> Anybody else want to chip in? Uh, <laughs> I, worry, I worry that if they're in Australia, they might be undercooked. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read this next one. <laughs> Please. All right, I'm going out of order, but I, I, I got to read this. Uh, I've got another great email from... Perhaps our biggest supporter, not our public relations person, which is Courtney, but uh, one of our biggest, biggest supporters, which is, of course, Green Lantern HG. And GLHG says, oh, what can I say about the 50th episode? As far as I can remember, it was a Crusader Chronicles episode, the first episode that I ever listened to from the Longbox Crusade. I wish I could say exactly which one it was, but iTunes doesn't let me look that far back. Give me stats like how many or when I joined. Needless to say, I was hooked from the beginning, and it's not only the camaraderie you have with each other, but the way you make us, the listeners, feel that we belong here. When you shouldn't, you answer my comments. When I post, you like. You humor me about my fictional trophies, which I won all of in this past calendar year. That's not true. No. <laughs> you stole them. Yeah, those trophies come because we make him laugh. He goes on to say, how am I supposed to not think of you as friends then? And I truly do. You made the Long Box Crusade our home. Our crusade to follow along, to watch action movies, fan films, read comics, and even guide us to other podcasts that we love. 
And for me, it started here with Crusader Chronicles. So congratulations on reaching 50 episodes. Here's to the next 50 to come. And no trophies, just warm and grateful. Thank you for all your work. How awesome is that? That, was that awesome. is awesome. I mean, I'm taking a trophy for it, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll give it to you. Just to make it no, 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 no. That bit's over. It is over. It, it is, is over. <laughs> well, then I'm keeping it. <laughs> no, that is that touched my heart. GLHG, man, you that, that was awesome. Yeah, me too. Likewise, Same. I think that was wonderful. I think you just basically summed up what this whole podcast, podcasting network, is all about. So just he gets us. Yep, he gets us. Definitely, he, he really completes me. Yes. Well, I thought that was me. <laughs> you all complete me. You get a complete. You get a complete. You all get a complete. And with that love fest going on, we got a few social media comments. So if somebody wants to pick one to read, Pat, go ahead and start us off. Okay. I'll just kind of go down the row here. We'll start off with from our friend Rick up in the attic. And he says, hey, keep the noise down. Some of us are watching movies up here. I thought that dude's name was Jeff. <laughs> Oh, it's no, not Jeff. Got the guy in the attic. It's not it's Jeff. Not Jeff. Oh. It's not Jeff. All right. I've been calling him Jeff for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> eh, you know, you see him in the cafeteria and it, it, you just kind of go right by. It's, it's an organ thing. You know who you don't see in the cafeteria? Clinton. Yeah. Hey, here's a, yeah, that's a good setup for this next one we got from Fan Film Friday's podcast. We're getting high off our own supply here. He says. You could celebrate by letting me out of the basement. That's saying, or at the very least, at D Ray nineteen seventy seven can send down a trash can. I I gotta admit, I kind of made it a little crowded down there because I didn't know what to do with all the Connery stuff. So yeah, yeah I put it all in the trash can. I, I then put it all down in the basement. So what's he gonna do with six thousand blue pills? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also two boxes of smut, so it could work itself out. This could be a problem with its own solution. We should move on. <laughs> well, geez, I uh, keep going with that. Uh, unpacking the power of the power pack said, I only have one phrase that I have to say, and I guess it's appropriate that I say it since everyone loves it so much for some reason. Trash can. <laughs> Still funny. <laughs> still funny. It's funny. Y'all are weird. He got beat by trash can. Our feedback here: trash can got mentioned a couple of times. Uh -huh. So just own it, man. I have to. I have no choice. Okay, Tim Price says I always enjoy the frequent guest star, and he's got a picture of Barry Jingle and Basic Tiger. <laughs> uh, he loves that MJ. Uh -huh. Who doesn't? And Jared, take the last one, please, sir. Sure. We got one more here from our buddy Max. And Max said, Crusader Chronicles. Heart, I give it three Christatuses. Humor, three Weasel Skulls. Spectacle, three Dark Webs. And Art, three Death Probes. 12 out of 12, would recommend. Wow, that's a lot of candy canes. Nice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that it. Is, that, that, was, that was heartwarming. That really was. That's awesome. Thank you to everyone for follows, likes, shares, comments, friendship, love. We appreciate all of it and your help in spreading the word about this podcast. Most definitely. Yep, absolutely. Nifty appreciate 50, baby. Yeah, well, I can't believe it. When we started this thing, I just can't believe that we're... I thought we would have fizzled we around 50, nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com, where the posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to give a big thanks to Chris Sheenan for being here with us, and Jared, Jason, Delvin, and everybody else for joining us for this episode. But before we go, let's go ahead and find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Chris, where can people find you, hear you? Oh, if anybody got through this episode and still wants to hear me, there are places you can do that. Chris's on infiniteearths.com is where you can find a lot of my blog posts and show notes. Uh, I'm coming up. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but uh, January 31st of this very year celebrates five solid years every single day, blogging wow. or podcasting about comic books. Somehow I'm less known now than I was five years ago. <laughs> you do what you can. The shows that I've got are plentiful. The main show I do now is X-Lapsed, which is just about every single day where I'm trying to get un-X-Lapsed from a time I ran away from the X-Men books when I thought they were terrible, which wasn't too long ago. So I'm reading through the entire Hox, Pox, Docs, Rock, Socks, I, I won't say any more rhymes, just to kind of catch up. And uh, over 100 episodes of that. There's a lot of shows on the Chris and Reggie channel. The channel is still called the Chris and Reggie channel, always will be called the Chris and Reggie channel. You can find things like Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill over there, Weird Comics History, Moratory Mondays, where me and Chris Bailey went through the entire run of Strike Force Moratory. And since we finished that, our next show is uh, called Quester Days, where we're going to be talking about ElfQuest, the Marvel mm -hmm. epic run. Uh, we have one episode we put out as a pilot a few months ago, and uh, that'll be hitting the ground running pretty soon. A few more things going on over there, I'm sure. I just don't know. It's late. But uh, Chris is on InfiniteEarths.com, ChrisAndReggie.Podbean.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ace Comics and uh, my name everywhere else. So there you are. Thank you all so, so much for having me. Uh, I really, really, uh, it means a lot to me to be invited. It, it doesn't happen often, so it means a lot. Oh, you're welcome here, man. You're welcome anytime. Every 50 episodes. I'm there. Milestone <laughs> man. I have a feeling you'll be back sooner than that. Yeah. I hope so. Definitely enjoyed having you here, Chris, and it was just a great pleasure to be able to uh, have you on and talk with you. And uh, I am really enjoying the X-Lapse. So if you guys haven't heard that, want to catch up, like I've been out of the X-Men for quite a while, so this is a great way to catch up. I'm going to start to begin to read along with Chris, so hopefully I can provide him some comments as well, too, because he has a great interaction with his listeners. At the end, he'll read their comments and just kind of interact back and forth with them. So uh, that's really great. I really enjoy doing it. Uh, I really enjoy you doing that, Chris. So. Thank you. Delvin, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Jared. I am at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Pat. Well, Jared, I am glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Livestream on YouTube. We do that on the second Sunday of every month at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. So come check out the Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll know when we go live. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this marvelous 50th episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or a question, email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode 
as we continue on the crusade to But then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong And I grew strong And I learned how to get along And so you're back from outer space I just walked in to find you here with that sad look upon your face I should have changed that stupid lock I should have made you leave your key Intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J O S E F L I M 99. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Oh. I'm ready whenever. Right. I'm a professional. I'm going on mute. All right, I guess we're doing it. If you guys are ready, who's me? I don't know what to do. We're doing it so early. I'm. I think you mute. Me it's mute. Seventeen. That's not early. Wait, is Delvin muting or am I muting? No. He said he was. We're going both on mute. supposed to be muting. I didn't hear him going. Okay, I'm gonna go out and mute now. Do I mute too? That's probably a good thing. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt, Chris, because Pat's about to do his intro, so we usually Let's just mute during the can stuff. So Look, Chris, he did. He did it the first time we asked him. That's amazing. <laughs> I he's on mute now, though. Now he's not on mute. He's got it. He's got it. I told you he was a professional. I'm just seeing if the buttons work. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I'm pushing Jared's buttons. <laughs> uh, I, I already see where this is going. Chris is going to be the fifth guy in the LBC. I can tell already. <laughs> Might as well be here forever, Chris. You're jumping in on mute jokes this early. Was there a mute joke in 47? I don't remember. There's a mute joke here, be, every yeah. one of them yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, been a, there's been a mute joke going on for a while now. Where's this? Right. Is it, so is much it so Jason almost did the mute joke in real life at his day job. <laughs> I did. I did, man. I was like, oh, because they were like, okay, everybody go on mute. And then I was like, I'm on mute. No, I'm on mute. <laughs> oh, never mind. I was so, I was like, oh. <laughs> Jason, Mr. Albrecht, you are not on mute. I, I am. I am on mute. Let's all go on mute on three. <laughs> so the worst thing was to have Jason Gosson go into Connery or go into MG on <laughs> conference call. Oh boy! Or I was did these nuts one time too. You like, know the the air molecules in the Seattle area is pretty high out there. What do you think about that, MJ? <laughs> that PM two point five nasty baby. <laughs> you gotta breathe in through your nose, exhale through your mouth. You there. Over there in the blue blouse. What was your name? <laughs> it's it's Karen. What was it before they changed it? it it's Karen from HR. <laughs> oh, I got I this note from her. <laughs> That's this what I came in on. Up again. She can't get yeah. to know Connery. <laughs> it's not her, Connery. It's HR. Oh, that's bad, isn't it? <laughs> All right. I'll start it off here. Here we go. <clears throat> in three, two, 
You're listening to Crusader. Everybody's Podcast. on mute, right? <laughs> I did. I did it, everybody. <laughs> you were weak. I spiked you. I spiked you. <laughs> Solar winds. All right. Only four hours left to go. Yes. So we will be taking this issue page by page, panel by panel. <laughs> oh, like back in the day. <laughs> yes. And then Spider-Man said. <laughs> then Bond climbs up the mountain. I remember because for your eyes only, it was like the first one I did. <laughs> <laughs> was that a long box or a Chronicles? That was a long, long box. box. Yeah. Then we were like, we should make these shorter. Let's do Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, so much shorter. Yeah. Writer, artist, letterer is his wife, Winnie Pindy. Wendy Peeny. Peeny? What did I say? I was Penny? a hodgepodge of, I don't know. <laughs> Wendy Pindy. All right. You took the D from here and put it here. You guys want to just hop on to the next? Sorry, it's taking so long, Chris. Oh, we're flying. Yeah, we right. 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 No, I'm I'm totally fine. I, I've I've done marathon sessions that that it's not a big deal at all. No, I'm yeah. I'm just happy to be here. So I, I really appreciate it. I mean that sincerely. Oh, happy I know everything I sound might sound sarcastic. That's no. just my accent. Not at all. <laughs> now you you've been great, man. This has yeah. been awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. I Thank see you. a crusademus invite forthcoming. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I celebrate that holiday. <laughs> I'm thinking we need to do Rookie Agents 2.0. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Was that? Ooh, that would be a good one. Over on, Chris over doesn't on know. The, uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast Network, we did a show where Delvin and Pat had never seen the Bond movies. And oh. we did. We took them one movie at a time through all, all 24 plus Never Seen Ever Again, so 25. About and that? that was a two-year adventure of podcasting that we did together. So hey, we're all excited. We're like, oh, somebody who hasn't seen it, let's do it again. <laughs> do it again. Wait for the next two years, Chris. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm an easy guy to find. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You can always put Pat back as a rookie agent. Like, maybe hey, have hey. a better chance at competing. I won that fair and square. <laughs> easy, easy. You're both pretty. Whoosh. <laughs> Wow, we're still carrying that grudge. Yeah, remember, I let you win, <laughs> and I accept it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> old old grudge is still hanging out. <laughs> it's not a, it is not an old grudge to say that I won the ultimate, the best agent, the better agent. You put two oh, rats in a barrel. I'm gonna turn. <laughs> you're gonna get me mad. You're gonna turn me into tap coil. Uh-oh. <laughs> Oh, that's me. That was so much. <laughs> Say that. No, that was, I, was, I, was thinking, I was like, he's, yeah, he's not going to be the problem. Okay, here we go. See, it's not just you, Chris. It's me. 50 times, boys. We've been doing this 50 times. <laughs> I mean, five minutes into this show, I was almost like, you guys, and just, no, just long <laughs> off. Jared bothered me about the headphones and everything. <laughs> you do it. He's good. Look, after 50, I mean, of course, more. We're 50 of Crusader Chronicles. If we don't know each other by now, we ain't ever going to know each other. <laughs> we need to make that a song. Don't me. <laughs> <laughs>